and welcome to Inspiring Women Leaders, the podcast about leadership by women only, from which everyone can learn. Inspiring Women Leaders aims to showcase the extensive leadership knowledge and practical skills of its incredible guests, and to both inspire and educate its listeners, helping them acquire the know-how necessary to become better leaders themselves. Without further ado, I'd now like to welcome my guest. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women Leaders. Today, I'm really excited to welcome to the show Natalie Davis. Natalie Davis has worked for nearly two decades shaping and implementing American healthcare policies to improve the lives of all people. In 2018, Natalie and fellow national healthcare leader Andy Slavitt launched United States of Care to ensure that everyone in the country has access to quality, affordable health care, regardless of health status, social need or income. She is relentless in her person-centred approach to building healthcare solutions and has a history of building partnerships with organisations, patient advocacy groups and everyday people that work to create positive change in the USA's healthcare system. Natalie believes it's never been more important to make our healthcare system work better for everyone. So she is dedicated to bringing together leaders and advocates from across the USA who can help create meaningful change in uh, the nation's inequitable healthcare system. So, um, I mean, what's what's an absolutely incredible mission? Um, Without further ado, let's meet Natalie Davis. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and speak to the show's audience. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's 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 going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> I I know it is. And uh, just just reading out that um, that intro there, it's uh, I mean, just altruism and and selflessness, and um, you know just kind of consideration for people from all walks of life really really shines through in that so um I, I i can tell what a wonderful person you are um i mean that you know that's a, a great bio uh but in maybe in your own words you could personalize it um a, a wee bit for the audience and tell us some more about yourself um including what your current work roles are and and what leadership positions you currently hold or have held in the past please Great. Um, so I'm c- calling in here today from Washington, D.C., where I live with my husband and our four children. Um, and, you know, my husband and I, we met as uh, in high school and started dating when we were 15. So got a long, long track record. But we moved to Washington um, to where he was going to pursue. He did pursue a, a degree in immigration law. And I came here to be a museum curator and <laughs> thought that would, you know, my interest in society and the individual and how those impact each other um, was really brought to life with the idea of then how is that shown through art? And so we came here, I was hoping that I, after an internship at the Smithsonian, that I could work in the, in museums and found it really difficult to get a job. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I tried super hard, but did find it <laughs> hard 
good job here. Uh, and a lot of people validated it. it's, you know, a beautiful a place where there's an amazing museums in our city. Uh, and a lot of people flock here for the jobs um, to yeah. work at such renowned institutions. So um, I found myself at a crossroads and early in my career of how do I take my kind of entrepreneurial spirit, I wouldn't have called it then that, but this idea yeah. to build um, my creativity, and really my desire to help people and help change. I believe in people, I believe in change, and I believe we have to do things differently. And so I was at this crossroads and went and actually worked with a temp agency to find a placement uh, and an early, you know, entry level job. And when they talked to me about my interest in anorexia and bulimia and mental health, and, you know, at that time, food deserts were, uh, a, you know, kind of new term in the U.S. Mm. Um, they said, oh, that's healthcare. And I was like, I don't know what healthcare is. What's healthcare? <laughs> um, that really started me on this career. And I'm so thankful because, um, you know, in across the world and, you know, as I think about the U.S., without access to health, without being able to be as healthy as you can be or want to be, mm. um, it really impedes so many parts of our lives um, and quite literally our Live being alive. Um, so. And so I, I, I found you know, a lot of um, myself and a lot of great moments where I could continue my career in this place, including joining the Obama administration, um, implementing the Affordable Care Act and, and healthcare.gov, which was a place where people could enroll in this new insurance, um, a new insurance marketplace. Um, and then with the, you know, became the right hand of Andy Slavitt. He was the administrator. So overseeing all of Medi CMS, all of Medicare and Medicaid, all of the programs we have in this country to make sure that people have access to affordable insurance, but also all of that comes with insurance um, in terms of the care that you need. And when the Obama administration ended, um, Andy and myself and others said we wanted to do a lot more to continue that quest to build affordable um, quality care that people across our country can can access. And so uh, that's where United States of Care came in. And I'm so I'm a co-founder of this organization um, and the CEO. Um, at that time, I also was part of building an organ a, a venture investment organization called Town Hall Ventures, which is doing amazing work investing in companies that serve the underserved in our country. Um, as well as a couple others. I found my place myself in a place where we were, I was building United States of Care, a nonprofit. I was building a venture fund. I was doing some other work um, kind of as his media chief, uh, chief of staff and had my fourth kid. And I was like, I just need one job. <laughs> I can't do all <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had the the benefit of being able to come fully in-house to United States of Care and have um, been so proud of what we built over the last five years. Oh, that is, that's quite a ride. What a, <laughs> what a journey. Um, that's, that is amazing. And uh, yeah, so, so, so you had the United States of Care, the, the town hall investments um, mm -hmm. role as well. And, uh, and then you kind of became a, a, a mother to your fourth child, which, you know, um, plenty of people would argue that, uh, just having one child is a full-time job so actually I don't know how I don't know how many full-time jobs you actually had that's that's <laughs> uh super impressive um oh yeah and I, and again you know hearing you talk about town hall investments and you know that wanting to fund uh you know the the business adventures of 
companies that are to sort of help the you know it sounds like the disempowered and the disenfranchised and and help kind of uh, restore uh, some of those inequities in in society again there's this real real sort of philanthropic thread that that seems to come through in your work um yeah i guess that comes from kind of what i started like i just i believe in humans and i believe if we can do if we can set up structures and remove barriers and um you know invest in so many ways in communities and individuals like change is possible the world is better i guess i sometimes i say this stuff and i feel very pollyannish but I think it's just a, <laughs> deep down in me and what drives me. I don't, I, I guess I really quite, I'm not sure what else I would do <laughs> if it yeah. weren't, weren't this. Yeah. 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 But you know, we, uh, without people like yourself who have, you know, this, yeah, some, some people might cynically say almost like utopian aspirations mm-hmm. and, and so on. But if you're not, if you're not shooting for the stars, you know, we're always, yeah. you know, going to fall short, aren't we? So at least with people like yourself, you know, we are, you know affecting real change um i I think whereas if we you know if we're kind of pragmatists all of the time you know (laughs) that you know we're not we're we're not going to achieve these these great things so um you know listen to lots of uh you know leadership development shows and things like that and you the people that really have you know improved outcomes are the people who had just very very ambitious um ideas aren't they so um i think that's that's absolutely fantastic and i love i love that um and it's just really kind of human human focused as well you know mm. kind of centered in humanity so um really i just and, I, and, I love it yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm you know i i i don't want to say that i don't see all the broken parts of our country or the world or yeah uh, the you know our healthcare system in the u.s mm. Um, and that, you know, I actually, our organization, you mentioned the word pragmatic, our organization is uh, very much a nonpartisan organization that is mm. taking pragmatic targeted approaches to change because of, mm. in this country, that is the way, um, you know, healthcare work, that change works in our country and it takes yeah. a long time. And, and, you know, I can tell you more about the organization, but the way we've built the organization and the things that we work on, the language we use is all based off of going out across the country and talking to people. People from all walks of yeah. life about their yeah. experiences in healthcare, um, and then we use that to drive change. But just on the pragmatic part, you know, we when we started the organization, we said, "Okay, do you want us to burn it down? Like, do you want us to get rid of all of the healthcare system and build new? Do or do you know? Is there more you know targeted approaches that people feel mm. like you can change your every day?" Mm. Um, and that's where the majority of people were. And it's not because they like our healthcare system. It's not because they think it's working. They actually very much know it is not. Um, but there's a real sense of um, loss aversion that if we burn it down, any change that happens, they don't think is for them, that they yeah. would be a beneficiary of, of any change that. Yeah. Um, and so there is this, you know, real worry that with big changes, they mm. it would they would be worse off. The healthcare system would be worse. And so this mm. idea of pragmatic targeted changes um, is is not only what we uh, heard from the people in our country, but also the way our our government works and and change works. Um, mm. And in a way, you know, healthcare can't be these big swings of change. People rely on dialysis every day. They rely on kidney and on cancer treatment. And so yeah. being really careful and thoughtful about that change where people feel it, but it, but mm. not in a negative way. Yeah. 
yeah absolutely no i know i i i hear what you're saying and of course you you know um organizations have to be um practical and and pragmatic um you know, the, an organization is not going to survive if it's just trying to <laughs> achieve, you know, unrealistic things all of the time. But it yeah. sounds like um, there is a there is a vision there for change. That that's yeah. an aspiration. Um, but as you say, things take things do take a, a long time to, for, you know, for the for the wheels to get into motion and and for people to kind of come on board. Sometimes you know it's a bit glacial um, in its pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and also people fear change, you know, and as you say, like the everyday person, you know, you're, you're, you're putting them at the center of, um, of your mission and, um, you know, they are like, well, okay, if it's too radical, uh, right. uh you know, are we going to lose the basics that, that we have, yeah. um, right. in the short, short to medium term? So, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I think it's, uh, it's a it's a wonderful vision and, and mission and um you know good to good to bear that in mind i just think there's a there's a difference between kind of realism and and cynicism and you are, i think your organization is more on the realistic side um whereas there are cynics who are like oh, well why bother yeah. <laughs> you know yeah so, yeah um so wonderful thank you thanks so much for for explaining that further um okay so coming coming on to um, on to you a little bit more um what would you say your your personal leadership style is? And that may be at the moment. Um, it may be, you know, hour to hour, depending on who you're interacting with, or or you may have an overriding style that you try to, you know, kind of gravitate back back to. What what what, what is yeah, your style? I think probably these have kind of been consistent throughout, you know, my leadership style. You know, I don't even want to say in my career, because I think there've been moments of leadership throughout my life. Um, but I would say empathetic, uh, collaborative, uh, and decisive, um, and, you know, really bringing in the human aspect of, of being a leader of who I am leading or leading with, um, that, that empathy, I think is a huge part of, of leadership. Um, you know, I, I, in terms of collaboration, I am definitely not the smartest person in the room. I never have been my entire life. Uh, and, mm-hmm. but know how to see the strengths in people and know how to mm-hmm. pull those out and pull those into collaborative kind of discussions. Um, and, and really to the end of getting the best answer. Um, so I've always surrounded myself with, um, mentors or people to push me or people to ask mm-hmm. questions of, you know, picking up the phone and, um, yeah. making that phone call or hosting a meeting where it's like, we're going to pause here. We're going to bring the right people together. Everybody take 48 hours to get dream big or to get very specific, you know, whatever is needed in the moment. And then somebody has to make a decision. And that does, I think I actually realized recently, I make very little decisions right now as the CEO. Um, I think there are some very important ones that I make, but you know, being decisive in that we have an organization where decisions are made among people who are doing the work or mm. decisive on, as you make decisions, I want to be told about it in this way, or these are the ones I care about. And I'm going to, you know, have a mm. strong input on it, but making sure that things don't linger and move on, um, you know, yeah. decisive in the kind of culture that we want to have in an organization, you know, so something, I think it kind of gets probably to that vision part, um, but with the empathy and humility um, to be able to know that I'm not the only one that should be making decisions or yeah. shaping the work or the way we do our do our job and interact with each other. 
brilliant thank you thank you so much um yeah no listening to you uh you talk then just reminding me of something i i caught through a linkedin post um in the last couple of days it was some old footage of steve jobs from like 30 plus years ago mm. um you know uh and someone in the audience had said you know how do you deal with how do you deal with conflict you know at the kind of executive level or you know or board mm. level or whatever um and he was very much like you know well we the whole point in bringing these people on as advisors is that they know more about it than me and if we're just kind of like you know silencing them and then running with a completely different decision um against their advice what the hell is the point in paying these people lots and lots of money yeah. to 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 do what they do best um so it sounds like you've, you you very much have that kind of um yeah you know, and i think uh, that's a big shift at least in in leadership and culture in the the us i think there's mm. still a lot of um you know i'm the smartest person in the room i'm going to make all the decisions i'm yeah. at the out yeah. of the out of the table yeah um but i think we're seeing a new leadership style emerge and the real strengths of um of humility of vulnerability mm. of bringing the right people together and not being yeah. the smartest person and making all the decisions so yeah you know i think it depends on where you are uh yeah, but yeah. i think that is that is the the shift that's happening in leadership yeah yeah no no i i uh i mean i always you know whenever i'm kind of running leadership workshops and so on i um talk about that in in medicine you know as a as a, a physician by background there is the occasional time and place for the authoritarian approach the, the command and yeah. control approach you know when it's when the when the poo is hitting the fan you know when a patient's are you know having a cardiac arrest or something and and it's all going wrong you know someone needs to step in and just and take over yeah. and kind of you know save that person um but there are very few situations where that's that's necessary um so but yeah no you're right there there's uh there still is quite an authoritarian command and control culture uh out there in in um in the world um i was quite interested so when you you talk about um collaborative and decisive and and um you know, if you, I suppose at face value, you kind of look at them and think, well, you know, maybe they are, you know, kind of other, other ends of a, of a spectrum, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a way. And so as a collaborative person, do you, um, how do you feel about kind of making those ultimate decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How does that, how, how do you resolve any conflict within, within those two uh, traits? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, throughout my career, I, believed I was always going to be the person behind the person, a chief of staff, uh, you know, mm. there's a principal that's out there and I'm making sure that they do a great job at being a principal and seeing out their vision. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I found my seat in this, you know, found my way and found myself sitting in the CEO seat um, through an organization that I helped found. Mm. Um, and really there, I think I realized that I have always been good at making decisions throughout mm. my life. Um, but this was a different moment of decisions. Like people are looking at you, even if you don't yeah. know it, looking yeah. at you. Of, and, and sometimes I like, I don't realize I just made a decision because I I just said a you know, comment. And so yeah. uh, I think it has taken some um, practice of asking, 
are you asking me to make a decision right now or please present me with different options that you you know that you all as the experts think are the right options with some pros and cons you know what do you think like really taking into account what is needed for a decision making which is information um and mm, as much as mm. possible and so realizing that people were looking to me to make decisions um that we needed to set up an infrastructure where people felt like that they saw themselves in the decision making process and and making yeah. the um, recommendations, pushing down decisions that I don't need to be a part of has been an interesting yeah. lesson for me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't necessarily think any of that's in conflict. It's just something that it's, it's the nuance I believe of, of leadership and running an, an effective organization or, or I was about to say a family, I'm sure I could do better, uh, to be a little more collaborative. <laughs> <as> a... <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, well, if that's if that's how you feel about your organization, then that's a that, that's a wonderful thing. But uh, as you say, the same the same things happen on a, a kind of a, a sort of microcosmic scale in the household, don't they? Yeah, compared they to a large organization. So you do have. I to, know, and know... I have one daughter. <laughs> one of my daughters is very similar to my uh, decisive decision making and a belief in <laughs> having the ability to, you know discuss all the options when I often wish she <laughs> didn't have those personality traits of myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I just think go it along just... with what I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it just shows that you and your, uh, your husband have done a good job, I think, um, in kind of creating that independence and strength of mind. Um, yes, it will serve with, her well. Your daughter. Yes, yeah, it will. Yeah, if she's, if she's a chip off the old block like you, then she, she won't go far wrong, eh? Um, but I like your um, your kind of re reference to um, visibility and um, not not even necessarily being aware when you're being looked to for a, yeah. for a steer. Um, and, you know, that is something that I think some leaders uh, forget. Uh, I, I certainly when I was my first um, kind of assistant medical director job. Um, I was told by my medical director that I wasn't um, visible or accessible enough in the office. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I hadn't even realized that that I wasn't being. And then, you know, then when I, <clears throat> excuse me, started to um, sit with uh, some of my my colleagues, my my admin colleagues and so on in the, uh, we had this, um, do you have this term in the States? Hot desks, you know, like you book, you book these desks. Um, so it was kind of a part of agile working. No, people didn't necessarily have an office. It was kind of open plan and you booked, you booked time at a, at a desk, you know, uh, yeah. and uh, you use the computer there and it was all kind of like all communal. Um, and it was interesting because, you know, I was a, even though I was in the leadership, I was still a small fry. And, um, you know, when the um, the head kind of commissioner for the organization would come in, you know, you'd you'd hear all the all the murmurings and mutterings of, of all your admin colleagues and so on. I'd go, oh, look, yeah. you know, the chief's here and all of this sort of stuff. And there was a, you know, there's a bit of a, um, you know, energy and, and you know, that the atmosphere changed, you know, when this person walked in and it's like, well, that's really interesting. And and then someone said to me, well, yeah, when when you and um, the medical director kind of come in, it's. Yeah. You know, we kind of like, oh, look, yeah, Adam's here. And it's like, really? Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, me, little old me. Um, yeah. and it's just, you know, that that that's a game changer to realize that people yeah. uh sort of see you like that. So to and and you know, always promote then visibility and and um, you know, 
openness and accessibility among among leaders because it's uh well i think it's just very healthy and uh you know very good for that collaborative approach that you, that you described so yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting a lot of as you move as one moves up in their career, you kind of enter into these new spheres, but you're not necessarily told what that change means, right? Like we're told these yeah. are your different duties. Um, mm-hmm. And here's those, hopefully you're told those are the expectations of success, you know, on those actual tasks that you have to do or the the duties performed. Um, but we're never really told like, and also here's what this is going to mean, you know, from your colleagues from, especially yeah. if you're moving out within an organization and how that changes, here's what it looks like to be a leader. And here's how you set culture, whether you don't realize it, like we're not really taught about those sort of changes and becoming yeah. an executive. Um, and yeah. we, you know, my organization, I'm very thankful that we are able to set aside money and um, time for people that are really moving up into that really next level of it as an Mm. executive and getting that coaching. And so you have that weekly, you know, touch base of, of what this means, you know, making decisions and delegating, but also how you show up matters and what you say and how you engage people. And um, people are always looking at you for your reaction. Um, So, you know, I think, I think we we often forget how much that's a new thing for people every time you move up or change mm. kind of a positioning in your in your life. Yeah, yeah. No, very true, very true. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um okay, you you mentioned um earlier on um about mentors. It sounds you, you referred to, you know, them in, in the plural. Um so I'm I don't know. It sounded. It sounded to me. I, my my inference was there's quite a few mentors that you've had um, over the over the years. Um, but are there, are there any kind of um, people of you know really prominent who've helped you kind of on your on your journey that have helped you rise, male or female, um, yeah. that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, it's it's really it's a good question and it kind of makes you sit back and think. Um, you know, one interesting thing is I working in healthcare and health policy specifically in mm. the United States is a very female, um have a very female owned space. And so yeah. I um have most of my career have been surrounded by women and very successful mm. and women. Um and you know, I think I tell a lot of people as they're kind of starting their career and not knowing what they're going to do, you know, you're going to have these jobs um, that in the rearview mirror maybe make sense. Uh, you can kind of paint that picture, but you're in those to realize, is this the right fit for me? What do I like? What don't I like? Have an impact, but also looking at like what manager, what managers and leaders am I seeing around me and what do I like about them and their style and not like, and start building that leadership mm-hmm. approach, whether you call it that or not, that's what you're starting to do yeah. is kind of a a belief system on what you would want to do as you become a leader and you could be a leader at every you know level within an organization or outside of the organization um and so you know I think I've had a lot of a lot of women you know starting with my stepmom and my mother who Mm. um, were both worked for the federal government here in the U.S. and Mm just were there and just doing their work, just, you know, rising, rising up into leadership by consistently showing, you know, showing their, their smarts, their passion, their leadership. Mm. And it was never really something we talked about at home, but I, I guess I watched that, you know, yeah. and 
and saw them balance that with life and motherhood. And um, uh, my then Andy Slavitt, who was the administrator for CMS, has had a huge impact on my career. I mean, I think mostly because I, he took a, a real chance on me and, and saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. I think that is still the case. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, a, a direct mentor that can take those risks, what felt like to me a risk or put you in those positions, always introducing me to people, pushing me out there, Um you know, it's been so important in my career. I have so many connections because he brought me to those meetings. He had me sit at the table next to him and, um, you know, be a part of those when it very much could have been, you know, an in the shadow role, which is really what, what it was. But I'd say I also look around for mentorship in lots of different ways. We, um, leadership podcasts are uh, constantly in my ear and there are some that I've listened to for years and I very much mm-hmm. <laughs> consider them uh, mentors even if they don't know me and um, <laughs> I don't know them personally but I also you know when I stood when I got into this position as a new CEO um, as a young female I built um we call it leading ladies a dinner series where other women that are kind of new CEOs in health policy in Washington, DC nonprofits. Uh, we get together once a month. Uh, and mm. as it is a place of communal food, of sharing stories, of sharing grapes that you don't get to really, you know, th- frustrations or concerns that you don't really get to share when you mm. lead an organization because you know people are looking to you to have the answers or not, yeah. you know, have uh, frustrations and yeah. In, in, in that sense. Um, and also sharing, you know, best practices or like, I'm struggling with this with a board member, or do you have a policy on, you know, sabbatical leave? And so it's been this really great um, outlet and inspiration and com- camaraderie, you know, com- camaraderieship, is that a word? Um, of, Good days now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of women uh, in similar positions that uh, I I just love and and having that as a a place you know mentorship means advice and growth and seeing each other and that is very mm. much um, what the these dinners are so yeah I think I'm constantly looking for inspiration and advice and um, a lot of people have are there for me when I can pick up the phone and ask them for that yeah. That is wonderful. Thank you so much um, for sharing that. I uh, I love that you you started off by talking about your uh, your mum and your stepmom, and um, you know a- again going, going back to that visibility thing. It sounds like they were unconsciously visible. You know they were they were doing their thing. They were modelling, yeah. and yeah. they you know they were just getting on with their day to day. They were busy people, right? They had demanding jobs and families. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, it wasn't really on their radar that, you know, you would be picking up, you know, um, great traits from from them potentially. Um, and, you know, and but then with with you, with yourself, I guess you were un- unconsciously watching, you know, you it's just something that you were, you know, you were kind of now you're role modeling. I think, you know, you have you have the family, um, you have a busy, busy home life. You have a very, very demanding job. Um, and you know, really, it it looks like you've um, you know sort of emulated a lot of the good things that um, your your mum step 
stepmom demonstrated yeah. to you. So yeah, I think that's um, right. I think that's right. I think I am adding to that a uh, consciousness of understanding and wanting to share with other people mm. the concepts and leadership, concept and self improvement, mm. um, and being very you know, I, I watch, you know, I think you, you put it so well of like watching them just kind of go on with the day. Um, yeah. and you know, when I would fake sick and go to my mom's work, I'd see her, you know, yeah. at the office <laughs> and, and <laughs> which actually is really, really interesting to think back on. Um, but I, I do have a, a real desire to, um, for self-improvement and helping people that are also interested in it and think I might have advice yeah. to offer, um, yeah. to, to do that in a more conscious way and, yeah. and my kids in more to, you know, what, what it means to live a good life or, you know, how privileged we are and what that means mm -hmm. for what we can do in the world. Um, so yeah, I think that I yeah. think summed it up in, in this desire to, to kind of even give, give more mm. in terms of, how to be a, a good person or be a, yeah. you know, happier person. Um, yeah. Yeah. Used to be a more productive person, but I actually think an obsession on productive productivity is <laughs> one of the downfalls of a good leader. Yeah. So a human, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use I don't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, and I, and I think I was, um, I was thinking of alluding more to um, when you were younger and yeah. the, the concept of, you know, kind of, spinning multiple plates and yeah. leading a work and leading at home was probably an unknown unknown to you yeah you know right. so it was an unconscious um observations um but now obviously now you know um now you're you're, you're fully cognizant of of, of everything yeah. they were doing you know it's it is a very conscious thing and it's a very it's a very intentional thing yeah. for for you to you know demonstrate that to your children yeah um, yeah yeah, that's right. And and I can't go any farther without saying that, like, my husband is a stay-at-home parent. He's our lead parent. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have been able to have the career I have or the relationship I have with my husband or with my kids without him being that that lead for us and doing it so, so well. Yeah. So I, I have to, I definitely have to say that out loud. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really lovely to, to hear. And um, obviously, um, you know, um, hearing you talk about Andy as well a, you know um, a, a fantastic uh, influence on on your life and and just you know to have these um mentors and leaders that are so inclusive and, and involve you so much and you know opened your eyes to the world this world of leadership whereas as you say you could have just been in the shadows um yeah. but he kind of brought you into the spotlight more by yeah. the, by the sounds of it um is is wonderful you know it's kind of um you know just lifting others up it's uh it's a tremendous um tremendously kind thing to do um and i love i love the leading ladies group you know and um you know just as you say just sometimes it's 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 little things that you know in the bit in the busyness of your of your working day you know just thinking oh yeah someone's asked if they can go on a sabbatical and we don't have a policy for that. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm having dinner with the leading ladies tonight. I'll just pick their brains. I mean, just, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's wonderful. I mean, don't all have to, I think we, I just wrote a post on LinkedIn about should, we should know how to do everything. We should mm. be able to do everything perfectly called shoulding all over your place, all over yourself. Like, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> how often we think that is the only way to get through it when other people are going through the same thing. They've yeah. learned lessons, they've failed, they're also struggling or they're also excited about something. And so it's quite silly that we don't actually do more of that. You know, yeah. we, it, yeah. we have this idea that we should have all the answers, be perfect. And if we just push harder, you know, we'll have that breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's just, you know, putting a huge amount of expectations and pressure on ourselves and, you know, right. which is just a recipe for burnout, isn't it? So, um, and other other problems. Right. Um, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, I mean, it sounds it sounds like you've you've had a, um, a very. Um, uh, very nice and, um, you know, kind of. Kind sort of way people have treated you in your career that have kind of led you to where you are now but I mean have there been any you know you said you're working you know within it feels like a family you know that you're that you're working with and um you know you've it sounds like you positioned yourself in with people and in in organizations that are very much in alignment with your own values um but it's it's very unusual to meet someone who hasn't had any kind of hiccups along the yeah, way, uh, especially <laughs> a, a female impression. leader. Um, I just wonder, are there any any experiences that you'd be be happy to share with the audience and and explain how you navigated those so that they can learn if they face a similar situation? Yeah, I I don't want to make it seem like this has been like the easiest cakewalk, um, or that even. <laughs> Um, you know, running your own organization, uh, you know, there, there, there's a benefit to starting and running an organization that you, you, uh, if things are going well, you feel like you've been able to create a culture that where people feel like they belong and inclusive, but even, um, and even in that space though, that, that there's times where it's, it's really difficult because humans are difficult to work with, uh, or around or to live with, um, Mm. yeah, so absolutely. I, you know, I, I, there are times where um, even a lot of women have made sure that I knew my, I shouldn't be in the, at the table. I should not be, you know, in, out in the light. I, mm. I, I earned it. I haven't deserved it. There isn't enough space. Um, and that I, I don't know if I handle that well then, because I just kind of took that as truth and took that on as my own, um, well, if they said it, it must be true. Uh, uh, if, yeah. if I was told to, you know, sit at the, you know, behind the table, um, that's very much in the government. Like, right. There's this one big boardroom table where yeah. the principal sit, and then the staff sit behind it. And then there's probably not, maybe another row. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't know, I can't judge where that came from, from them, but uh, yeah. I think the lesson I've learned is, is, and it's very hard. And I won't say that I've been able to master this at all, but really, you know, somebody else's ideas of me or belief of me doesn't mean that is true. And I also don't have to take that in and carry that as, mm. as a belief of myself. Um, uh, and that, that has definitely taken a lot of work and, uh, you know, is, is always painful. I've worked in a, in a situation with somebody who is quite, um, quite abusive to myself and other folks on staff. And, um, you know, what I learned from that is that it went on too long and I Mm -hmm. was too 
complicit in it. Um, and mm. again, feeling like, you know, it's a personal failure, whatever this person's saying it is, uh, you know, oh, I should have done this differently. Again, back to should I, if mm. I, oh, if I did this, I could please that person. Um, and it's not until you are out of that situation. I mean, for some people there, they were, are much stronger than I was at that time and mm. would have done more things. And, um, but I, uh, you know, in hindsight, getting out of that situation, uh, that is part of the strength of somebody who is abusive is they can break you down and, and yeah. make you think that whatever you're going through is not reality or, you know, they're yeah. gaslighting you. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, I have made a promise to myself that that won't happen in my organization. That won't be in a place that I work in again, or friends that I have mm. that, um, you know, who you surround yourself with is, um, I mean, that shapes everything in your life and yeah, who you can yeah. just, dist- you have the ability and privilege to distance yourself from and not get caught up and not take on the self-worth of how others are treating you or saying, saying what you should or can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, the strength that it probably also comes with time and, and experience and age. Yes, yes. Um yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um yeah, I I very much hear, hear what you're saying. Um it, it is I think difficult and you know, I speak to a lot of people about this subject and have experienced things myself. Uh and I think you're right, when you're when you're younger and, and less experienced and maybe less confident and someone who is more powerful you know seemingly anyway um and, and older and and so on than you and they are um they're they're telling you things as i think you said you, you it becomes your truth you take it on as your your truth um which is uh yeah it's so accurate it's and it's it's uh, it's it's so sad isn't it you know that then you know it generates this narrative within us and we're telling ourselves stories that we're we're right. not good enough Right. Um, and actually really it's all a lies that they're, 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 they're lying to you right. and it becomes your right. truth. You it's, uh, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I, I just really, um, really appreciate what you, you say about, you know, from your, your experience and you, it's, you become stronger and more confident and now you, you know, you don't tolerate that and you won't tolerate it in your organization. And so, you know, the, for you, the culture is, is very different. And I, you know, I really respect that because, you know, there are, there are lots of people who unfortunately are not able to turn those negatives into positives. You know, again, it goes back to the whole role modeling piece. You know, they just, they reenact what they've seen happen before mm-hmm. because that's the normal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, you've, uh, you, you know, you are thankfully one of those people that, you know, it's like, no, that's, that's yeah. not right. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. That's uh that's really helpful. Um okay, so in in addition to that, excellent advice um around navigating those those challenges that we've we've talked about. Um, do you have any other advice for our listeners on how they can become strong, kind leaders? I I you know, I'm I'm getting to know you now. We've met before, obviously, but you know, you are kindness just kind of I just feel like you have an aura of it. It sort of comes mm-hmm. out even across the the, the computer screen, <laughs> and yeah. and and you are you are strong, and and you have experiences that have made you stronger. Um, 
um but you've you, you've used experiences in in a constructive way i feel um and you know how what i mean is there is there a secret sauce to this is there hmm. is there any advice that you can give people on um... definitely not a secret sauce <laughs> um, <laughs> i can um you know something i've been thinking a lot about is like how often we something whether it is with somebody else's lie that we take on as a truth or yeah. something that has helped us successfully get through hard times in our lives or good times in our lives or success as we climb, you know, maybe climb up a ladder or move into a yeah. career. Um, how often those identities, we start thinking of ourselves as the truth of who we are. And mm. I've realized over the, 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 I can give an example very specifically over the last two years, but just over time of like how important it is to recognize that all of those identities are created. I believe all those identities are created by experiences and beliefs and our society and ourselves and others, but they're created, which means they can be shed. Yeah. And how often we think, you know, I had this idea, I was a behind the per behind the scenes person. And so the, 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 the shed I was I didn't know when I was stepping into the CEO role that I was shedding this thing that I thought was inherently true about myself yeah. um, because it was just who I am I am that person behind the person um, yeah. that the, the all of those things are just created and that means they can be examined and looked at and not and like I like to examine it of like making it factual things that I can like put on a platter and look at and not like yeah yeah, but it's me. I mean, that's like the work you have to do is like put it on the yeah. outside and examine it. Yeah. And it is who I want to be. Why am I this way? Do I like it? Do yeah. Is it working well for me? Um, am I treating people the way I want to with that identity? Um, is there a way to shift it to make it feel more comfortable for who I am now? I mm. I had that identity when I was 18. Why am I still yeah. holding it? And, um, yeah. and, and so I think you know, there's so much of us that feel permanent, but are so malleable, um, yeah. it, given the tools on how to do that and kind of look at it. Um, and then the the pain of shedding is so real and it doesn't yeah. feel worth it. And, but then you're kind of on the other side and you're like, oh, well, that was a part of me, but I don't yeah. have to be that. So what then I get to create something new. Like if all yeah. of this is made up, you know, if all of it's created, you get to create yeah. who you and I'm saying that with a lot of privilege and um but I think it's it's relevant to people you know kind of where wherever they may be in their life and you mm. know a, a real recent example was I um I've been very thankful uh, very lucky my board has provided me with um, a career coach and a media coach over the last couple of mm. years and the media both have been so impactful and my media coach uh, wonderfully, um, Maria has not just been a like, okay, here's how you do talking points with a reporter. Or here's, you know, how let's practice that. There's been a lot of that, but there was also, you know, she helped me at a, a time when I was shedding my, I'm behind the scenes person. So what the hell am I? Um, mm -hmm. What does it mean to not be that? She was there, but she didn't know that, but she was there to help <laughs> me understand, like showing up then visually with confidence and mm -hmm. Um, visually engaging and letting, I thank you for saying that, perhaps letting my kindness show through or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and so we were 
practicing a, a webinar that because I had something coming up that I was nervous about. And she was like, all right, let's, you know, do your opening Natalie. And she'd go, okay, one, two, three, go. And I would get, we were doing it on zoom because it was during the pandemic and I would get like super stiff and like tighten up and like read like a <laughs> robot. Um, I would say, and she was like, stop, like, what are you doing? This is not you, Natalie. Like, as soon as I say go, you turn into like a robot. What happened? <laughs> and I just had this moment of pause. She was like, what's going on in your head? And I said, well, what's going on in my head is the word poise. And that has been a word that I've carried with me as something I want to be for since I started the Obama administration. So, um, you know, at that point over, you know, like a, a decade or more, I wanted to be as a young woman coming up through the government. I, I thought, and I needed to be poised. And I think that did serve me. I need to like in the pencil skirt and blazer, sit in these halls of power mm. and um, show my worthiness, show my, you know, that the, you know, straight faced and stuff. Yeah. And I was like the word poise, that's, that's my word. And she was like, it's killing you. It's killing mm. you. And it's mm. not what you need to be anymore. And that was like tears immediately. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Who I am? <laughs> um, but it was another thing of looking at that and, you know, it, that did serve me. That was not a negative yeah. identity to have taken on, but it is not now what is who I am. It's not what's required of me. It's actually detrimental to the type of leader and mm. spokesperson and person I want to be. Um, and so I still have to catch myself in that, but it's just an example, I think, of you you can look at that you can examine it and decide mm. if it's serving you and and figure out if not yeah. what is what is it you want to be and those can be yeah. a little ways you know so that's that's wonderful wonderful advice um yeah if it's if it's if it's any kind of consolation at all like yeah. your your persona is very relaxed as a as a, okay. as a guest on this show <laughs> very, very that is not to say that you don't you know you don't have yeah. uh you know a a presence of course you do <laughs> um but you you know uh you're absolutely not that kind of um uh, straight lace uh poised person that you uh well it's so much more fun yeah yeah totally <laughs> um and i just yeah i i, lo I love that it's, it sounds like and correct me if i'm wrong you know, uh, when you were in government, you know, you were always the person behind the person, you know, and I think I think you said earlier that Andy, you know, you were kind of supporting him, you were his chief of staff or, or um, similar. And um, then you had to sort of, you know, when you were given the CEO role, you had to step up and step into that limelight, step into that role. And maybe there was a bit of imposter phenomenon going yeah. going on there. Um, but you said, you know, uh, you you kind of like, think about your your different roles and your skills and so on and put them out there on plates and it's like mm -hmm. so you know so that you know it, it's all the kind of evidence isn't it to counter the imposter sensation mm -hmm. it's like well mm -hmm. I do deserve to be here because you know mm -hmm. I have these qualifications I have these expertise I have all these years in this in this field I have uh, all these people that respect me and, and so on and all of these things that are the evidence to yeah. um poo poo yeah. the, the feeling yeah, I think that's right. And there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. And so yeah. the humility to find those other, those go to my mentors mm. or to hire a media coach or to mm. career coach to help me move into that. I mean, it yeah. kind of goes back 
to the humility of when, when it's a new role, we think we should, I remember sitting on the couch one night and I'm telling my husband, like, I should know how to do this. And he's like, why you've never done it in your life before. I'm like, yeah, ah, but yeah. I should. Yeah, you, yeah. Hire, you, know, you, you ask if you have the, the ability to hire people to support you, you do. If yeah. not, there's many people out there that love giving advice and yeah. Yeah. It's all part of, <laughs> that's all part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, you know, what you're describing is a, is a growth mindset um, and, yeah. and that sort of enabled you to, uh, to, to step out from, um, from that former, you know, iteration of, of yourself uh, into the, you know, the, you know, the Phoenix or, or something like that, you know, you just became a, um, a different person and you, I love the way you, you know, you talked about shedding and, and um, you know, and, you know, destroying or, or kind of um, deconstructing the things <laughs> that are not serving you and that anything that, you know, it's a law of physics, isn't it? Anything that can be created can also be destroyed. Mm. And so if you can create these, you know, <laughs> it's ridiculous ideas that we all, we all do, you know, and that's part of our, our inner critic um, and, yeah. and our limiting beliefs. And so if we, we create these things with our um, automatic negative thoughts, then with, with practice and with time and with consistent effort, um, we can, destroy those those things that are holding us back as well so that is really tremendous advice um thank you thank you so much really really grateful for that um okay we're coming we're coming towards the end um so i just i, I just want to kind of like uh, uh ask you now do you have any um take home leadership messages for the listeners please I believe that the, there is a leader in every single person. Um, and I believe given the support um, and belief uh, from others and the ability to to try things out and to fail and keep growing, um, that, that everybody is a leader. Um, it just looks different for all of us. And so you know, finding that place where, where you are or want to be and, yeah. and is so important. And the people who believe in you and can, can build that in you, um, yeah. is, but I, I guess I believe it is innate in all of us. So, yeah, 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 no, that's, um, that's great. I, I, I totally agree. Um, just as a, as a little, uh, add on to that, um, there obviously are people who are uh, and I, I completely agree that having people uh, other, the belief of others and the support of others is is so important sometimes we just need that to boost our confidence take us to the next level but if there are people out there who feel like they don't have um those um supporters to um to bolster them and and uh, aid them in that way what do you think that they could yeah. do what's the best way for them to get those sort of mentors and and helpers do you think yeah, and and look, I'm I'm saying this in a and I'll just speak for the the U.S. in a country that does not value the same people with different color skin um, and does not show um, the respect or or value or um, empathy for people with uh, brown and black skin. Um, and so I don't want to make this sound like oh we you know you can push past all of this stuff and and be a leader, but. And I, I do believe that there are people that believe in, in everybody and somebody, there's somebody that believes in you. Like there's somebody, your mom, yeah. your grandma, yeah. um, your best friend from high school. And yeah. 
finding those those folks um yeah. maybe finding brand new people and creating a new social work you know social network and then there's so many resources from podcasts to therapists sometimes getting therapy mm. is what's needed um yeah and um and books and yeah. you know and and having your cat and your you know your your, <laughs> your beautiful setting i don't know making these yeah. little moments for yourself um yeah i don't what else can we do on this earth if not trying to find the the way forward with at least pain and with the most support um even if and and in settings that you know are are beautiful or yeah um, conducive to self-help and self-care um I I think it's it's starting in that small step and finding those yeah. those first believers and finding those little nuggets in yourself. You have that little corner that believes in yourself and you're too afraid yeah. to let it shine um, or to really dig in because it hurts. Uh, but you know, I think that is part of the the path of kind of creating a happier life. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Thank you. And I think that's you know such wonderful advice you know obviously you um had your um your your mum and stepmom as uh as great examples and and, and great supporters and uh, my mum as well has been has been hugely instrumental i think you know ev- everyone can start you know we, we all know the consequences of having bad parents and how things can turn out for people um but the you know it's so understated uh having a good having a good person uh, like that in your life and and sometimes you know it may not may not be your mum it may be your grandmother or an auntie or a or a friend of the family or someone that you can you can you know start start off to to get that confidence and then once you start to get into roles like we have you know more junior roles then you find a senior colleague and and so on and kind of build your way up like that so that's really that's that's really helpful and and really worth remembering um for people i think um great so what are you currently excited to be working on or 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 us of care or or, you know or yourself that you'd like to share with the listeners um i guess i'll do more of a personal one the oh good so i a couple of uh uh, probably it's been a, a year now I was with a cousin who's like in his 20s and super cool and has all these hobbies and such and <laughs> um he you know he was like well Natalie what are your hobbies like what do you they were just small talking on the dock um and all of a sudden I had this moment of like I don't have any hobbies I have been pregnant nursing a baby on a hip for like oh, close to 12 a decade over a decade mm-hmm. I had been in, you know, the government working on the Affordable Care Act. I had started two organizations have and had fun and and friends along the way and realized that like I didn't have any hobbies. I actually like texted my friends. I'm like, do I have any hobbies? Like somebody <laughs> tell me one. And they were like, reading books. I'm like, that's not sure, but like, yes, I need, but <laughs> yeah. I want something more fulfilling and like a new challenge. And so mm. I've taken up um piano lessons uh, for the first time in my life, learning how to read music for the first time in my life. Um, and so, and doing that actually with my eight-year-old daughter, she's taking lessons uh, with the same teacher. And so it's just been um, finding a lot of joy and ex- and um, exploring new ways of thinking and new ways to, you know, use my hands yeah. and, um, brain. and yeah. kids that you can, you know, things are hard and you just keep showing up and playing the keys and yeah play mary had a little lamb or you know whatever yeah yeah (laughs) that's so that's so lovely 
I love that. And, and that time with your with your eight year old as well, and you doing yeah. doing this together is, uh, you know, she'll remember that forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. you should be telling her grandkids um, about that. Yeah, I love that, and I, I'm I'm particularly um, pleased that you shared that because uh, obviously, you know, maybe it's the way I phrase the question, but you know, most all, all of my guests, apart from you, I always say, yeah. oh, you know, this I've got this, you know, this program coming up, and you know, yeah. people can sign up for this. I do have and, a lot of exciting programs yeah. coming up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Them. I appreciate. I really appreciate uh, learning about your um, your piano lessons um that that you know that is that is exciting yeah i'm yeah love that really love that thank you find a hobby get yourself a hobby yeah (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely absolutely um thank you thank you so much for that i mean that um if any of the listeners would like to reach out to you what's the best way for them to do so please yeah i'm um i am doing a lot more of my um musings on linkedin mm-hmm. so natalie davis on linkedin but if you yep. want to learn more about united states of care um we have a great bi-weekly newsletter that's about the u.s healthcare system but really is at the intersection of policy and politics and people and how to build that better healthcare system and so um, we're doing amazing work there the, the our team is is absolutely amazing having huge impact and mm-hmm. um following along if you're interested in the u.s healthcare system and and systems change that's a, yeah. a great way to yeah fantastic so so linkedin i'll make sure your um um url is in the in the show notes for that and um okay. the united states of care newsletter as well um put that in there too great. superb so um the final question um mindful of your time um do you have any any closing words that you'd like to share with the listeners natalie please um, I don't think much much else new of of kind of what we've talked about in the last hour. Um, mm-hmm. You know, find yourself find yourself people that uh, believe in you and push you and help you grow. Shed those identities that you know no longer serve and evolve mm-hmm. into the person you want to be. And um, you know, doing so with empathy and vulnerability. I think at least are the things that serve me um, at this yeah. point in my life. And so I guess that's all I, I know to offer. Yeah, that, that is, that is plenty. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you to your team. Your team have been, um, I just want to, you know, kudos to your team. They've been so lovely to work okay. with and, 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 and kind of arrange all of this. So, um thanks to to all of them um but appreciate you very much appreciate you coming yeah. on the show and sharing your wisdom um and your just fantastic advice um with us natalie um and thank you to the audience for listening uh, until the next episode in two weeks all that remains is to wish everyone health happiness and inspiring leadership take care thank you so much Thank you so much for joining me and my guest on the Inspiring Women Leaders podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you did, please download the show and leave it a rating and a review so that together we can share the amazing lessons we've learned from my guests with listeners far and wide and help as many aspiring leaders as possible. Most of my podcasts will also be uploaded to my YouTube channel, Dr. Adam, Physician Coach, So please check out my channel there and hopefully you'll find some videos on similar topics to watch and enjoy. Finally, 
I have some exciting new group coaching programs and a membership scheme in the pipeline. So please keep a regular eye on my website, www.dradamharrison.com. That's www.dradamharrison.com for updates. Thank you again for your time today. And please join me next time, two weeks from now, on Alternate Wednesdays, for another brilliant episode of Inspiring Women Leaders.